Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman Studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, why does the caged bird sing? For that matter, why do the birds in my backyard sing? We're going to talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, cheap, 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 talk a lot, pick a little more, with ecologist and bird expert Dan Cooper. Plus, Butterfinger's sales are up. Are we responsible? Maybe any publicity is good publicity, even when we declare your new and improved product tastes like shit. I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to keep this show's conversational flight migration in a tight V formation. And now, please welcome the woman who is always flying us into windows, Paula Poundstone! Thank you so much. Welcome, Paula, and thank you to tonight's house band, returning champion, guitarist and bassist, Daniel Grimsland. Daniel, welcome back. Thanks, Daniel. Paula, we got some bad news this week. I um, couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, Sales of the new and so-called improved Butterfingers are up. Oh, what, what a kick in the teeth that was. Yeah. Up by, according to uh, statistics that I read, 177 Percent, but there's got to be. There has to be some. Like, it can't just be that it's up. They, like, they did also say in the article that they had also increased their marketing, right, from what Butterfinger itself was doing. So, Butterfinger it, itself being Nestle. I mean, because to, to review for our listeners, last yes. year Italy's Ferrero Group, then they're known for like those black farts, gummy bears, and whatnot. Um, they purchased Nestle's U.S. confectionery business. So, so now they upsetting. own Butterfingers, Crunch, Baby Ruth, Raisinets, Nerds, and Sweet Tarts, and they changed up that Butterfingers recipe. Yeah. They not, removed, no tariffs for these people? No, Nothing? No, no Trump, uh, Trump hasn't gotten involved. They removed hydrogenated oil and the controversial preservative TBHQ. Uh, I love TBHQ. Uh, also known, as, as you know, as tertiary butyl hydroquinone, um, and it created a richer chocolatey cover. They got rid you know of all what? the stuff you love. If loved. I got four new kittens, yeah. that is exactly what I would name them. <laughs> Tertiary butyl hydroquinone. Yeah, and and quinone would have like six six toes. That's that's kind of great. Yeah, hydro is kind of a good name for a yeah. cat. To be yeah, honest it me. would be great. Yeah. Oh man! So they took that out, which turns out to have been the good part, um, yeah. because it. it you know, I can't even speak to the crispy, crunchy nougat part inside. It's the, not. It was the, never nougat. It, was, it is. We argued I mean, about it, this. It was. Yeah, it, they it didn't was, even even the even the old the old in the old country the Nestle people didn't call it nougat. Yeah, but it was, and uh, I can't even speak to the flavor of that really yeah. because I'm so off put 
by how awful the chocolate is on the outside. Like, I'm not even sure that my so, brain process has how awful the inside was. But it is upsetting at the very Oh, least. so you don't even know how you feel about the crispity, crunchity, peanutty stuff. Whether it, yeah, whatever, that with taking out the hydro from it. Yeah. Uh, I thought of something. Here's a moral choice, okay? Yeah. And be honest. If... We got a call tomorrow yeah. from the Ferraro people, the Ferra- Ferraro yeah, the group, Ferraro group, who now owns the the, the Nestle's, right. uh, and they wanted to advertise on our podcast. Yeah, would you do that? Yes. Would In you? a heartbeat, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about that. Yes. I would. Well, not, well, yes, definitely. Yeah, I would I would not. You wouldn't. No, I you wouldn't. You would turn down Butterfingers as an advertiser. I w- I, yes, I would, because I think it's important that the listening audience knows that what we, you know, it's not like I stand amazing, by. because you accept all our advertisers, but this is where you draw the line. No, there's some advertisers oh. I, I well, have. Last I week we did wanted. that ad for the American Nazi Party, and you seem fine with it. Well, that's different, because that's nuanced. Um, no, uh, right. listeners, I they did are not. Also, they claim to be new and improved and I have a red not, banner to yeah. prove it. Yeah, new Nazi recipe. <laughs> this is not your grandfather's Nazis. No, I wouldn't. I, I neither have supported nor will support the Nazis. No, I've definitely uh, been, you know, asked through Maximum Fun, would you have this advertiser or that and said no to some. I, you know, it's right, not like. Right, there was like, a okay. sex toy company that wanted us, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't want the sex and I was waiting for the free samples to arrive at my door, and they never did. Uh, we're different, oh, you and I, something Paula. In, something for the Adam Felbert Christmas stocking. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, uh, honey, it's a cock ring. Um, I, uh... <laughs> Every time a cock rings, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> That'll be great to gather around the Christmas tree. Uh, how, how, does, how did Santa know? Um, <laughs> how did he get... How did he get the size so right? Uh, um, I, yeah, I didn't I want, even know these things came painted like, like <laughs> candy canes. I want the audience to know that yeah. if we advertise something that we that we really were. We stand by it. Yeah, but to some not, extent. Not stand by it like where if you're going to sue the shit out of one of the companies, you come after me. That's not my point. Okay. I'm not responsible for the companies that advertise on our show, but I would like to have a at least a fondness for them. And so I would not, under any circumstances, and you just come begging Ferraro Group. Well, you know, a Ferraro I'm not even going to Italy. That's how strong I feel about this. You'll never go to Italy I because of I will never this. go to Italy as a wow. result of what's happened. I mean, Italy's great, too. Is it? Yeah. yeah sure. They're, yeah, they're doing fine. They come over here and fuck up our butterfingers, but they're fine. They're doing fine. But, well, you know, a, a spokeswoman for, for Ferraro Candy, Sarah Cattell, said, anytime you touch a product with loyal fans, you risk this type of reaction. Yes. We're confident that both loyal fans and new fans alike will embrace the better Butterfinger for the long term. Okay, well, let me ask you something, yeah. Sarah. How sales how, were up 17%. How, how, how high were year. you when you wrote that press release, Sarah? <laughs> That's absurd. Anytime you touch a product with loyal fans, you risk this type of reaction. And the type of reaction, Sarah, would be anger and disappointment. That's like saying, well, I was just, you know, I just drove my car deliberately through my neighbor's window. Anytime you do that, you risk. You, you risk a negative reaction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It kind of puts it on the neighbor. But yeah, I think you in know, time, they'll start cranky. to appreciate the remodel. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they'll the, the air, the cool air coming in. Now, um, you know, we promised last uh, last week that this week Bonnie Burns, Captain Crinkle, your manager and our producer, who is not here yet. Tonight, She's not here because there was a traffic problem 
somewhere. That she caused. More than likely. Yeah. She, was, she was snarling traffic on the 170 or <laughs> well, something. Well, what she promised was that she had found a recipe for Butterfingers. Yeah. Right? And that she was going to, with, with her daughter, was going to make a batch and bring them for us to taste. Yeah. Original Butterfingers. With all that great QHC or whatever it is. In yeah. It. <laughs> and, um... I gotta tell you something. We found out last night that she didn't come through. Surprise, surprise. here's the thing. I've worked with Bonnie. uh, Bonnie's been, Captain Kringle's been my manager for, uh, I think, something like 25 years, maybe. Um, From the moment she said she was going to home make Butterfingers, I, I knew that, that, that it wasn't was gonna happen. not going to happen. Well, what, what I it's found out when I, I dug a little deeper. In many ways. Yeah. But I would not expect her to bake for me. Well, I dug a little deeper at our at our Contractually, she doesn't meeting. have to. She doesn't have to, but she said she would. She gets 15% of what I make. And 15% She works of any- on my deals, but there's nothing in there about baking for me. Okay. Is it baking that you do when you make a Butterfingers? I think so. Okay, fine. Um, but she didn't only fail to make it. She bought the ingredients. And then because her daughter wasn't there, I found out she went ahead and ate the ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to ask her about it if she was here, but she's not. She's not but, here. But she's like, oh, there was just this bag of chips lying around. And, I, you know, yeah. it was just lying around. Yeah. yeah, it's lying around. You bought it into your house so you could make us Butterfingers. Yeah. She's back to square one on that project. Yeah. You know what? Speaking of uh, uh, bringing things, it's... <laughs> Is that okay? I'm not an animal expert, but is that a sloth? Yes, that is. A, I believe that's a three-toed sloth in the corner of the studio. Um, obviously, it doesn't it, look like three toes. Yeah. Well, you know, I uh, think it's a two-toed sloth. Anthony Arafaro, who mans the boards for us, you know, he he he's an amateur zoologist, and he's taken it into his head to start bringing wild animals to our to our place. That is so weird, I think, and I haven't really known how to talk to him about it. Um, but he does. We had a guy on one time We had time a zoologist, zoo, and he brought, he and brought he, some and, hedgehog and, and, and Anthony's stuff. Anthony's kind of a shy, like-to-fit-in kind of a guy. Yeah. And uh, he, so he started bringing uh, animals, and we don't really know where he gets them from, but that— They seem to be black market wild animals. I, I, I would think so. They're, I, I got to say, they are—that one, anyway. I can't speak for all sloths, but that one there is incredibly slow, and it's, it's climbing into the, that— it's climbing into the chair that our guest sits in, and that's okay. an important chair. Well, yeah, that is, that is an it's, important chair. It's climbing chair. very slowly, I might add. Well, they move slowly. Anthony, can we uh, can we get that sloth out of that chair? <laughs> uh, Paul, it's, it's probably not a good idea. I mean, it's not best to move them. They are wild animals, of course. Which you brought here. <laughs> Well, it's a, it's an awfully lazy uh, for a wild animal. It's it looks like it's getting awfully comfy no, in that chair. No, Paula, they're they're actually not very lazy. They're just slow because it's a survival technique. Um, by perpetually moving slowly, they actually sloths will burn very little energy and are able to function with some of the lowest metabolic rates that you'll find in any non-hibernating mammal. Well, I had no idea. Well, that's that's, that's good information, right I there. I had a guy it? in a I had a guy in a kind of a metallic silver silver green metallic kind of Prius behind me um, the other day, and I was going the speed limit right. on Mulholland, and he was honking yeah. uh, behind me, and and now I realize instead of just you know yelling asshole out the window, I could have said, "It's my survival technique." I'm lowering my metabolism by driving slowly. That's exactly thus cons- right. Conserving, you know, because you're not you're not working down the butterfingers anymore. You need to <laughs> you need to save your strength. I know. As a Captain Crinkle has come in, uh, she is not holding a bag of butterfingers homemade. 
Oh, so, I'm telling you, 25 years of experience, I knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, okay. Well, it didn't happen. Well, uh, we're just going to have to deal with the sloth and now with Captain Crinkle. So we've got a, we've got a full house tonight. Actually, this is a, this is a Hoffman's two-told sloth, I believe, isn't it, Anthony? Uh, yeah, it actually is. Okay, good to know. You know, is it me Thank or you, is it upside down in that chair? It's, it looks like it's hanging off the back of the chair. They prefer to hang. What? Oh. <laughs> They're arboreal, you know. I didn't realize they were arboreal. Oh, they are arboreal creatures. Yeah, that could be because they ate something that didn't sit well with them. Now that is no, 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 a, no, no. so it is a two-toed sloth. It's yes, yeah, that's correct. It's not just a three-toed sloth with a disability. No, there there are uh, <laughs> actually six species uh, that are in two families. One is the two-toed sloths, and then the other is the three-toed sloths. Well, good to know, Anthony. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very um, much. Now. <laughs> Paula, uh, we've got some more bad news this week. Um, you're going on vacation to Cape Cod, and you've been worried about shark attacks, right? Yes. And I, I hypothesize that although there's been a lot of great white shark sightings um, at Cape Cod, the, those were all south of the Cape, you know, the Buzzards Bay area, I was hypothesizing. But it turns out uh, you're not going to be safe on the north side of Cape where you're going either. No. Um, this week, a or last week, a video went viral that showed a family fishing in a boat off of Orleans on the north side of Cape Cod. Yes. Orleans on the north side? I don't know, but I have friends and, and who live there. And a great white shark jumped out of the water and grabbed their fish off the line. Wow. It was in Cape Cod Bay, which I think is on the north side, which is, you know, halfway to Manchester by the sea where you're going to be dipping your toes in a few days. Well, where I was thinking about it, but I don't know if I am now. Uh, mm. Because I'm really, I am really genuinely scared. I over Chicken the, say what? Of the sharks. Over the weekend, I was... Um, I watched uh, National Geographic. Uh, it's a terrible mistake, and uh, they kept showing. They showed. You watched the show about sharks. I watched the show about sharks to make you more comfortable with this whole vacation. You're well, taking. no, I just it captured my attention. Okay. And the thing is, they were talking about a particular town in uh, Australia, and I know what you're thinking. Well, that's Australia. What does it matter to me? Yeah. They swim at them. They and they're big. Couple of tail Australians? flips, and they're here. No, not Australians, although they do too. Yes, and they are. They're quite large. Sure. Um, but uh, they showed these horrible reenactments, and then they showed the uh, of the shark attacks, and then they showed um, people with like god awful uh, semi circle stitches and just horrible, yeah. awful stuff. And they explained the phenomenon because it's been this increase in the amount of shark attacks. They explained the phenomenon and uh, everything should be fine now. And then a second later they go, they would detail the a story of another shark attack and go, well, no, then that last theory had to be wrong. I finally had to turn it off. I don't know where they left off. Well, you know, I know you have great respect for the listeners, so I think you're going to be swimming in Massachusetts, uh, like it or not, because we asked uh, uh, online on our Facebook page, we asked, should Paula swim out to the boy while vacationing in Massachusetts? 54% said, do it, you'll be fine. Yeah. And 46% said, no, Paula, hashtag shark food. <laughs> okay, here's something that you didn't mention about the 54%. Um, you know how, like, um, like my friend George Slaughter, who made laughing. Years ago. Okay. Uh, George Slaughter is an old lefty. And uh, I went to his office one time and he was watching Fox News and I okay. just couldn't get over it. And he said, Oh, you got to, you, you have to watch, you have to know what the enemy is doing. That's Absolutely. What he I said. hear that. And uh, so what you don't realize about this 54% yeah. um, that said I should go in the, I that should, the water's fine. No, they're the ones who said uh, that I should go in yeah. to the water is that 
although they listen to me, they don't like me. Oh. And so. <laughs> yeah. The show is not called Everybody Likes Paula Poundstone. Right. Precisely. Yeah. They're just listening to know what the enemy is thinking. You know, I, I wish that we could get this sloth out of the chair because I had a surprise for everybody. Um, and did you? Uh, I did. And now I can't. What'd uh, you get us? Well, you know, I've been on Twitter trying to get Brian Cranston uh, to come do the podcast yes. and to give me advice on auditioning. And uh, Brian is here. He's in the little room. <laughs> He's in that little here. room back there, that little and we that can't filthy get little the porch area. Sloth out of his chair. So the one night we booked Brian Cranston, right. Anthony's animal habit has uh, yeah. uh, soured the uh, deal. Do they normally, Anthony, go in chairs like that? Well, as he said, they, 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 they like to hang. They're arboreal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, right. I don't know what to tell. I feel like uh, Anthony's expertise is being taxed to its absolute <laughs> limits here. I don't know what <laughs> to tell. Like, hey, look, I just steal them. I don't know that much about them. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, they like chairs. This one does anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's a chair-loving, uh, apparently uh, not a... Not a, a sloth that was a big fan of Breaking Bad because it won't get out of the chair. Well, and now to, my we'll dream come true night. Uh, Mr. Cranston, I am so sorry. Cranston, I feel like an there, idiot. Yeah. Uh, usually, I now, mean. Are we going to talk about this stuff, this thumbs I, up stuff? I have. Uh, well, maybe. Maybe. If, if You know, Mr. Cranston, if you don't mind waiting a little bit, um, it looks like <laughs> it looks like it might be moving off the chair now. Um Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i i think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. 
Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Wentz sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. 
You know, I think Bonnie got the midnight lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Somebody, an audience member, sent me a a box of a candy bar called Thumbs Up. Uh, Here's the description on the box. A crunchy peanut buttery center in a rice milk chocolatey coating. Um, And what they say is it's just like a Butterfinger, which... I, I, first of all, Val, thank you. Who was the, uh, we don't know. We don't Just know the fan. name, a, a, a kind <clears throat> fan. Okay. You know, for years, people would come to my shows and bring me. Bonnie, can you uh, maybe take your conversation outside? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's, just, she's just jabbering back there well, about I something. I think she's talking. you have something to say, you can come up and say. You know, she's she <laughs> likes. I was going to get to that, Bonnie. She, just hush. She likes <laughs> Brian Cranston's book, and she's probably talking to him about it. Well, well, but he you. can't be miked. Because there's a fucking sloth in his chair. Nothing goes right here. But but um, what? So this thing is—it's a candy bar called Thumbs Up. It's it doesn't look up like and, Butterfingers. And they've crossed off the last two words, which is your ass. Thumbs yeah. up your ass. Right. It's a—it's gluten-free and vegan. It's gluten-free. So there's no milk chocolate. It's rice milk yeah. chocolate. Well, I kind of like the idea that it's vegan, but I right, have let's, to let's say each of us the gluten—I'm gonna miss. Uh, all right, uh, here I'm taking one. You know, we don't mean for every show to, to be, be a, a taste, taste testing test, show. But, but you're it's sending us just shit, worked so we're out eating that it. Way. Boy, did you see that sloth's head whip around when I opened this? You know, sloths oh, are vegans. Wh- whip is a strong word. They are vegans. Get out of the fucking chair. Brian Cranston is here. I, all right, all right, let's give this a taste. I uh, watch Breaking I'll, I'll Bad every night. Get out of the chair. Oh. Okay. And. <laughs> you know what? It's not bad. Is it? Thank you, Bonnie. I, I, I can handle this. You're not on the fucking show, Bonnie. <laughs> you know, Captain Kringle had a really great idea, which was if there was a question she wanted to ask, mm-hmm. she insisted that we. <laughs> uh, she insisted, I'm never going to be done chewing she this. She insisted that we bring in a whiteboard. And I brought in a whiteboard last week, and I swear to God, she said it's not big enough. Yeah, well, now we have another. We have we have another whiteboard Meaning for her. That she she's had- not using it because she's like, why would I use a whiteboard when I can just talk my fucking head off in the background all night? But she she already was planning to say something so verbose that it couldn't be contained on a perfectly normal 
oversized whiteboard. Have a bite of that, Paul. All right, um, I'm going to take a bite. It's of not this. unbutterfingery. Uh, um, it might make you appreciate the new recipe a little bit. <laughs> it definitely has that fall apart quality that, that we, we've come to love from Butterfingers, where anybody eating it instantly becomes the cookie monster, where, well, where very little ends up in your mouth. The good news is some of it fell on the floor and it looks... And the dog doesn't want it, but the it, sloth seems It looks like the sloth is making a mad dash for it. Yeah, it'll be there in 10 minutes. Right, exactly. <laughs> All I right. wonder how long we can ask Brian Cranston to wait around. Well, we've like been making idiot. everybody wait. Let's get to the word. Is there a is there's a vocabulary word this week? Right? I do. Tom? I have a vocabulary word. You you enjoy this your your non butterfingers and, uh, and anybody else want to taste of this? I'm pass it around. And Lizabnik uh, is uh, going to give it a shot. All right, Ken's Ken's having a bite of the, uh, uh, the, uh, thumbs, the thumbs up your thumbs ass. Up your <laughs> ass. <laughs> <laughs> I just think. I don't. I'm not a marketing person, yeah. but I think that's a weird name for. Well, that's food. why they crossed it out on the box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my word this week, yes. Adam, my my vocabulary word for this week is uh, loquacity. Oh, good. Which is a noun mm-hmm. that means act or instance of talking excessively, talkativeness. Here, okay. I use it in a sentence. <laughs> why don't you? Adding the word loquacity to my vocabulary will likely only make me more loquacious, which is already a social problem, as I, even with a more limited vocabulary, often talk more than the person to whom I'm speaking would hope. <laughs> would hope, yes. Um, um, yeah. Now, you obviously knew the word loquacious before this. No, I didn't. You didn't know loquacious? What was obvious to you about that? Well, I thought it was a word that you'd know, because you know. are very loquacious. Oh, so you thought that I, after years and years of people saying to me, you're so loquacious... That I would know what it meant? Yes. No. Okay. Well, no. I don't think anybody's ever used that. The, the, a lot of the people who criticize me have limited vocabularies. <laughs> All right, coming up. Do you Emma- think I should eat this if the sloth touched it already? I don't think so. I don't, I don't ask Anthony. I don't I, know. I don't know. How, Do sloths uh, have any contagious they, diseases? Anthony, are they like cats who have like clean mouths? Uh, I think you should be fine. Okay. I think, I think right. you should be fine. <laughs> Look, you're eating, you're eating a freaking vegan Butterfingers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know what? I feel safer than if I went to urgent care. How do you Thank like you, that Anthony. fake Butterfingers, though? You know, it's just okay. I think it's a little bit too crispity. And That's not crunchy? That's a problem that I have. Too crispity it's, and crunchy. You know, I bit into it, and you're right. Most of the substance of it fell away. Yeah. Um, uh, some of it uh, actually landed just south of my... Um, Left nipple, which, which we has, established which last week, you're you not using know, anyway. Yeah, is uh, suffered a recent uh, accident. My left nipple. Yeah, how is that? Is that healing up nicely? I mean, it was just a, it was a cat stab, right? It was yeah, from a uh, Velociraptor type uh, hind claw right. of my cat Clue, and uh, actually, it's still a little tender, to be honest with you. Okay, because you uh, know we had we had that uh, that body piercer on a few months ago. I don't think it's the same thing at all. No. No. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. it's fashion forward of you at the very least. Yeah. Anyway, coming up, Emily Dickinson wrote, Hope is a thing with feathers. We'll take flight with the birds and hopefully not sail into windows when we talk with ecologist Dan Cooper. And we'll go around the world with Paula Poundstone as we check in on how this podcast is doing in Moldova and parts unknown. That's coming up when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is supported in part by Dashlane. Dashlane is a password management app that helps you stay safe online. Worried about losing access to accounts? Having weak or reused passwords? Dashlane is designed to be easy to use across all of your devices. 
Dashlane has a basic free version and a premium version with more features. The value you get is not just in the features, but in the peace of mind knowing that Dashlane is actively protecting you from every angle on your device. It's got your back and your front. That's good. And your sides as well. Precisely. Under and over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, go to go to www.dashlane.com slash Paula and you'll get a free 30 day trial. Now, I've been trying out Dashlane and I have to say I have yet to have my identity stolen. Wow. Since then. Yeah. It's only so, a matter of time yeah. before I hack through just to show. Um, uh, but, I, but I should add, if you www.dashlane.com slash Paula, that's a free 30 day trial of Dashlane Premium where you can see Dashlane's features in action and try it out yourself. If you like it, you could use the code Paula at checkout for a 10% off discount. Oh. See, you get, a, you get 30 days free and then a 10% discount just for knowing Paula Poundstone. Wow, I love that. And actually, you know what? The 30-day trial thing is great because then you know. You don't have to take my word for it or Adam's word for it or advertiser's word for it. You just know. But keep in mind, I never would have Butterfinger as a sponsor. Good to know. That's www.dashlane.com slash Paula for your free 30-day trial. According to climate scientists, we have 10 years and 20 weeks until the Earth begins to become uninhabitable. And we're back. Thank you, Daniel. Wow, Paula, that sloth is, is making a beeline for that Butterfingers. <laughs> Not a fast beeline, no. but certainly straight. Yeah, one, one might say a, a, a crippled beeline. Yeah. Yeah, a bee pulling itself by its one <laughs> remaining wing. It's really slow. I'm so sorry, Mr. Crinson. Just a few more minutes, I'm sure. I don't, you know, he stayed for the Dashlane ad. Well, well, you know, now he's going to tr be trying out Dashlane, I'm sure. Now, speaking of hotel soap, Paula, you were telling me that you have uninteresting birds in your backyard? I do. I have some kind of, you know, non-committal brown birds with some black markings on their wings, but they sing so beautifully. Really? And I always wonder when I, because I, I feel stupid saying this, but it's true. When they're on a wire, like in the backyard, on a, like a telephone wire, yeah. and they're singing, I will sometimes um, whistle back to them what I heard them sing. You attempt to do a bird call. I, yeah. And I always. And how does that work? Well, they'll stay there for a little while and stare at me, and I always wonder if I'm communicating with them. I'm thinking you probably are on some level, but um, we can find out. Because we have an expert here. Dan Cooper is president of Cooper Ecological Monitoring and author of Important Bird Areas of California. And he's an authority on California bird ecology, identification, and distribution. So if you're running a bird distribution center, talk to this man. This is he is the an guy. associate editor of the Journal of Western Birds and works as an independent consultant and researcher. Please welcome Dan Cooper. Welcome, Dan. <laughs> I'm so glad you could be here. Well, thank did, you. Did, did my description of uh, it wasn't very accurate. I mm -hmm. guess it wasn't very specific. It was slightly insulting. To the well, you know they're they're brown. They hop did around. Did you take a picture for this occasion? I couldn't get a picture of them. You know they don't. Uh, they're far away. Well, let's 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 ask the, the obvious question, Paula. Can you do a quick imitation of the bird? Oh, for Dan? I can't remember anymore the song. I just I just answer you, it. You back. are never good at lyrics, Dan. Are you aware of a lot of songbirds in the, in in Southern California? Yeah, there there are tons. And actually, you you did give us a good clue, which is that it was on a wire. So why I, is that a good clue? Well, I I think I know what it was. 
Really? How? Yeah. What? Because huh? it works yes. for AT and T. Yeah, exactly. It's got a little. Well, fast. there's some birds that will sit on wires and some won't. Well, yeah. I mean, they all have their unique behavior. So every little, even though you didn't get a photo, every little bit helps. What do you think's in the backyard? Well, I think you have a mockingbird. You do? Yeah. Nah. So it's singing really? the songs of other birds. Yeah. Well, it is a mimic thrush. That's the family because it likes to mimic things. But they have. No, it's me who mimics it. Oh. Oh wait. So me... I could be a mockingbird. Well, yeah. Wait a minute. Well, you said it had black Sometimes and white. Sometimes I okay. sit on the wire. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you're, you're almost definitely a mockingbird. It'll sound So does a mockingbird really have low. a song of its own? You know, it doesn't. It has a few notes they tend to all give, but mostly it, it kind of picks up from what it hears in the neighborhood. So car alarms or right. Oh, yeah, wow. you know, I remember when I was really? living in Brooklyn, there was yeah. a famous like a couple of mockingbirds that were that were doing the, the classic '90s to early ooze um, car alarms. Yeah. Wow. Were they? Really? Yep. There was were mockingbirds doing that. Well, they were did, car alarms too. Obviously, did they work with like robbers or something? What? Yeah, they would robbers see never someone went near. Prospect they would Park. see someone going into a car, and they would do that because they understood. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know. Okay, here's another clue, Dan. They do nest in my backyard somewhere. Okay. I don't know where exactly. Like in some taller, uh, like in palm trees or something, and uh, and um, they are often in some sort of battle with these big blackbirds. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's a classic Southern California scene. There you go. The mockingbirds and the crows or something? Are those crows the big blackbirds, the ones that hop around the street? That's right. Those are crows. And they're antagonistic toward each other. right? Yeah. How long does a mockingbird hang on to a song that it learns? Well, you know... You might notice that they sing all night, right? I mean, they my, I, like when I go home tonight uh, yeah. late. Uh, I'll get out of my car parked in front of my neighbor's house, right. and uh, there'll there'll be a tree full of birds singing. Yeah, but see, I think that may be just one mockingbird because they kind of cycle through that song. Really? Yeah, I mean, they can be imitating forty or fifty species in a song. Wow! So, wow! So if I of... were to pull up and have a Beatles song mm-hmm. on my uh, car r- radio, would they do that um, if you if they heard it enough. Yeah. I think they have to hear. You do things hear a lot. Beatles songs a lot. Yeah, I mean like, I love them. It's surprising that mockingbirds right. aren't just singing them all the time. Yeah, right. yeah, honestly, revolution. Right. Well, precisely. Are you know? Hey, well, also that you know that sound when you click the walk button that ding yeah. dong. You know they'll do that. Oh, oh they will. Yeah. So if they their perch is above that little push button, then they'll just start singing that. Oh, wow. wow. I didn't know that. Now, let's get to the actual language that these birds are yeah. speaking. Um, is Paula communicating with the mockingbird in her backyard? Oh, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I mean, you know, they're creatures whose lives are defined by sound. And so they're always listening and watching. And Why you know. are they doing that? I mean, what's yeah. the... I well, mean, I know why I did it, but why did they do it? Well, they... Um, Birds sing to mark their territories. They uh-huh. sing to attract mates. So depending on the time of year, they may be doing both at the same time. You huh. know, right? You know. So that that bird. So I may have been coming on to that bird. Is that what you're suggesting? Well, yeah, I mean, I wonder if, if it you... knows about the disability in my left breast right now. <laughs> it wouldn't have to. My left nipple. I just yeah. want to say. No, it's, yeah, just, it's would, just the nipple. Yeah, it's, a, it's not the whole breast. It's the nipple. I can't believe a week later it's not healed. No, it isn't. No, I I think there may be some infection going on. Okay. Uh, well, damn. Let's talk birds some more. Um. Do birds really eat four times their weight? Yes. Huh. 
I guess. Did you read that? I've always heard that. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know who first told it to me. Yeah, I, think I, it was, it was, I think it was a large bird that I mocked. Uh, and he said, well, we eat four times right. our weight. What do you want? <laughs> um, um, we had a house that had like those Spanish roofs oh, yeah. years ago. And we had these nests in the in the eaves of the those, those uh, I always call them flower pot roofs. Yeah. And always there were uh, little baby birds that had fallen out of those nests. Um, oh, should we have done anything? Uh, is it true that if you touch it, the, the mother won't take it back again? No, I mean, that's kind of a myth. You oh, know? really? Yeah. Who started such a thing? Uh, I mean, it just goes back. You know, maybe some mom telling their kid, just leave it alone. Yeah. She and then just they had said, to think of she something. Had, she had to think of something yeah, so you can't feet. touch it. Yeah. 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 Smell. So what should you do if you find a wounded bird? Should you well, so that's my first question would be like, is it really wounded? Because a lot of birds plummet out of their nests before they can fly. And that's totally normal. So. And then they you, land on the cement and lay there? Yeah. No, they uh, usually <laughs> find a bush to crawl under. <laughs> So they plummet out of the nest before they can fly. Absolutely, yeah. And then they land on the ground, but they're fine? Yeah, and the parents bring them food. So we always say, like, maybe put it in a shoebox and then set it up on a wall or, or a place where a cat can't get to it. And then the parents will continue to bring it food. And a, a lot of birds do that. We had a, someone called this spring about a hawk they found in the middle of uh, Los Feliz Boulevard. Wow. Wow. And the hawk was basically too young to sort of know what to do. And they managed well, to- Well, not a lot of yeah. hawks know what to do with Los Feliz Boulevard. Exactly. <laughs> it's a tough area. It's a tough area. Well, good you good know, restaurants, but I know I, who hawks, came they up, don't serve hawks. I know who came up with the idea of um, putting a baby bird in a shoebox yeah. is uh, uh, Jimmy Choo. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so because you have to buy shoes, shoes in order to have the shoe box to right. put the... Imelda Marcos used to have a shitload of baby birds. Right. Uh, that's how she justified all those purchases. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> These um, birds keep falling out of... Okay. So you can... All right. So the reason to move it into a shoe box would be said like, like no other animal could come eat it. Right. Why didn't its parents think of that? I mean, yeah, why no, is it okay you, for it to plummet to the ground? I mean, we, you know, we could complain about these birds all day, and I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't have a good answer for you. I'm not complaining. I'm just asking from an evolutionary point of view. Well, they got to try to fly, and it's not always going to be successful in the first attempt, right? Yeah, that's how I am about driving. Yeah, yeah. for years now. Yeah, so if you Nobody find puts you me, in a shoe box. if you find me in a car, just yeah. put me in a box. Put you in a shoebox. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be <laughs> fine. It'll give me a chance to buy another pair of Jimmy Choo's, so yeah. I'll, I'll do it. Feed me from a... Uh, do they like to dropper. eat from eyedroppers, yeah, dropper. by the way? I think if they're thing? very young, right? I mean, if they're very young and they are in need of help. So if we've exhausted all the options, mom and dad are not around. You yeah. need to, like, save this bird. Yeah, people do. I mean, we always say bring it to a rehabber or a vet. Yeah. Because, like, well, I'm, rehab, I'm not a vet. If, if, yeah. That's if it's a drunken bird, you bring yeah. it to a rehab. Right. True. <laughs> They can always stay for 28 days. What good does that do for They're a bird? trying to make it go to we rehab, and it just says tweet, 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 tweet. Right? Trying to make me go to rehab. <laughs> um, so so you, you take a bird to a rehabilitation center. Or, and do you do, do you do bird rehab yourself? Oh, God, no. I, no. I don't know the no. first thing about it. Oh, my God. I wish you could have seen the look on Dan's just face. appalled that anyone would suggest it was, that he does. It was yeah. disdainful. Yeah. It wasn't. Uh, uh, I, liked, I liked the healthy one. Yeah. Survival of the fittest. I liked the birds that didn't get caught. <laughs> 
Uh, so we have uh, we're we're talking with bird expert Dan Trump. Uh, thank you for joining us, um, Dan. Why why did you show such disdain at the idea of rehabilitating birds? Oh, not. I think that was probably just a facial tick. I I think uh, <laughs> it, it's just not in my wheelhouse. Right. Yeah. Said, it's know. just not something you yeah. do. So you're an expert on birds. Yeah. But if you see a wounded oh. one, you're like, I don't. I no, don't. Yeah. I don't no. want to touch it. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. that makes Leave sense. that to the pros. Yeah. Well, sure. What about uh, bird feeders and stuff? Are we are we yeah. helping or hurting our, our bird friends with these things? Well, I always tell people you're feeding birds for you, right? You're not feeding birds to help birds. And if yeah. you like having a bunch of birds around, you know, your feeders are probably just a drop in the bucket, but you're not really helping them. Yeah. Sorry for huh. a confusing answer. No, no, no I see, what, I see exactly to me. what you're saying. A lot That's, of people get joy out of seeing birds close up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, now that you mention it, like when my kids were growing up, I fed them. And I realize now <laughs> that may your, have been a mistake. Your kids? Yeah. I think I Dan them. was talking kind of exclusively about birds. <laughs> I know. I fed my kids every day. Oh. And yeah. uh, I look back on it now and I'm like, you know what? I just made them dependent. You did? Yeah. They don't know how to go out and get it for themselves. Or how to chew it all the way themselves either. Yeah. You know, some nights I used to hang a bird seed bell over the table and just let them go at it. Um, Let's talk bird sanctuaries for a minute. Because how Paula, do you they know to stay in the sanctuary? Uh, that's a great question too. I think um, you know birds are all around us. They don't really. They're not confined to borders like people are. They're they're kind of they free fly, and even like the reserves that we set up, they're just pieces of forest or grassland or whatever, but birds are always moving around. Oh, yeah. so they, they don't, don't necessarily, really I mean, they don't sign in and sign out. Is that what you're uh, saying? Not technically. It's a fluid number of birds then that live in a sanctuary right. or a reserve. But they just recognize the sanctuary is a good place to be, I guess. Yeah, or hopefully we pick our sanctuaries where there are a bunch of birds. Uh -huh. okay. and, the best. And, and there's like positive um, bird virtue, you know, bird habitat virtues to the area, well, yeah. I assume. Yeah. Do like, you show the birds like when you do you welcome them? Do you say, you know, you might like this area over here? Well, brochures. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Roomy. Pass them so, out. Yeah. So <laughs> they, here, they get to come to the sanctuary for free, but they have to watch a presentation about the timeshare. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, now, right. the, so it's it's so it's crows that I have the big oh, yeah. the big pine tree in my neighbor's yard, a huge towering pine tree, a lot of crow life in there, mm. and uh, no, they have like a. Uh, I've always heard that they have a particularly unusual social life. Is that yes. true? Yes. I mean, they're very intelligent. They have great memory. They're very social. They're constantly kind of gabbing with each other. Yeah. Yeah. They, Back they, and forth. I, I rarely see them traveling by themselves. Right. And I, I figured it was for protection. Yeah. It yeah. makes them nervous. But they're social birds. You might also have ravens. You know, we got two species in L.A. I mean, crows and ravens are both in L.A. Huh. And if you live up in the hills, then- No, I live in well, the flatlands. Flats. Oh, yeah. Then you could still have both. Now, the ravens nest in huge stick nests. And they're bigger than crows. They have kind of diamond-shaped tails. Diamond-shaped tails. I'll have yeah. to look for that. Look, yeah. I think, yeah. I think you got yourself some crows out there in Santa Monica. Yeah. You do bird calls. Well, I can recognize them. But you but don't do them? I, I, I mean, very rudimentary bird calls, maybe. All right. What does a crow sound like? Caw, caw, caw. caw. Wow. That's damn Boy, rudimentary. I'm not, I'm not, if I not honest to <laughs> no, God, I mean, for the <laughs> listeners, right. if I hadn't been looking right at Dan uh, right, and noticed right. uh, right. that he doesn't have a diamond-shaped tail, yeah. uh, I would have thought for sure uh, yeah. that he was a crow. That was phenomenal. Well, that's the ravens with the diamond-shaped tail. Good no. point. Yeah. yeah. I could do that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What does a raven was, sound like? Well, it's kind of a croaking 
you know, croak. It's a gift. Yeah, honestly. Do you have any, Dr. Doolittle over do you, here. Do you have any recordings of this work? You must Your be. Your album must be go, going You must be called route. in by the government to. Because when, right. when, whenever birds uh, stockpile weapons, they yeah. must call you in to try to talk them out. <laughs> Of their exactly, uh, yeah. What do they call that? When well, they, I do what I can. Negotiator. Yeah. No, when they when they lock themselves in somewhere. Uh, extraction. I can't think of the word. When somebody locks themselves in somewhere. Yeah. What was it? The bunker in the bunker. Mm. They mm-hmm. must call you in to, uh, to get them out of the bunker. You know. It's, uh, so in terms of birds, <laughs> you really have a good deal of loquacity. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yes, bird loquacity. Yes, bird loquacity. And now now we do too, to an extent. Yes. Uh, one thing I want to ask, because uh, I want to double back, is you were talking about birds using their songs for all kinds of things, including um, mating. Are Do both genders do those? They go like that when they Do those calls? Mate. Yeah. Um, it's some birds both do, like certain wrens. Uh-huh. It's more common in the tropics. You know, everything changes down there where... A lot of females sing and males sing. They have duets. Oh, wow. Yeah, but as huh. you get farther north up here, it's mostly the males doing the singing. Really? Yeah. Huh. And the females are just attracted to the males. Yeah, it's probably because the, the males do the singing because the women aren't paid enough to do the singing. Right. That could be. Um, now, let me ask you this. I have a hummingbird feeder, and I know I have it. I understand from a bird expert that I talked to that I have it for me. And not for the hummingbirds. Yeah, you got it. So I oftentimes will put my teeny little beak into those holes and no, suck No, he didn't mean it out. that way. Um, no, I knew for what he meant. For God's so, sake. So I buy like the nectar junk to put in there. I have two questions about it. Could I really just put sugar and water in the yes, container and yes. that would be fine? I Wasting don't have to your go- money. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. And then but, the other question- Especially now that, now that Ferraro has changed the recipe on the, on the yeah, hummingbird honestly, feeder. Nectar. A lot of times, you know, the hummingbirds will be out there and then I hear- and I can tell they've gotten some of that Ferraro, Ferraro is, yeah. uh, nectar. Uh, and then the other question I have is, um, how do they know to put their beaks in the little holes? Wow, that's a great question. I don't get that every day. But I think, you know, they're used to pollinating flowers and getting nectar from tubular flowers. Yeah. And so I think they're just used to sort of exploring things that way. Uh-huh. Okay. So they'll just tap around yeah. until they find nectar inside. There could be nectar something. in here, they think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Small. Wow. I can't see in it. It's kind of, you know, those feeders often have like a flower-shaped oh, thingy thing yeah, around so the yeah, hole. Yeah, oh, come on. What, what bird does that fool? Well, look, are there hummingbirds at your feeder? Well, there are, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it well, fooled there you those go. Birds. The birds. Fooled or, or summoned, or, you know, yeah. it's there for a reason. Yeah, uh, it's so like the golden it's, arches for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's... Yeah, well, they were already out in that area, and then I hung a feeder there. So right. I, maybe they were already getting something from somewhere. They I put it because constantly, though. Now, don't Dan, are you yeah. associated with the Audubon Society? I do a lot of work for them. I actually worked for them in kind of. Do the... you do your bird calls for them? Because those bird calls were phenomenal, <laughs> Dan. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I, I really should um, market that a little better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We're, yeah. we'll, 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 I've got yeah. the raw talent. I yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, sure. Marketing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. It's all about marketing from this no point forward. question. <laughs> um, uh, I want the Audubon Society to know yeah. that we have a, a small uh, chapter of the Audubon Society in our own house, yeah. which is, you know, I have 13 cats. Yeah, fabulous. And uh, they <laughs> sit, it's started by my cat, Jim. Um, they sit on a on a desk in front of the window hmm. and 
bird watch all day long. They love those birds, those cats. Now, yeah. do you think we put the hummingbird feeder right there mm-hmm. so that they could, you know, to entertain me? Yeah. Because I didn't put the feeder up for me. I put it up right. for the cats. Right. So um, uh, do, do you think the birds are afraid of cats on the other side of a window? Well, if they can see the cats, maybe. But, you know... They're pretty smart. They get acclimated, too. And a lot of those hummingbirds are resident in your yard, right? They're not just kind of coming in from anywhere. And how long have they been resident? I mean, how long does a hummingbird live? Live probably three to five years, just ballpark. Pretty good. Wow. Got to go around. There's a big spectrum of life expectancy because, like, parrots I know can live forever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bigger birds live forever. Where do they live? Are they in a nest somewhere that I'm not seeing? Well, you know, birds only build nests to raise young for just a few weeks out of the year. So where do they sleep the rest of the time? Oh, in little bushes, little kind of concealed areas. They just sleep in a bush? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sit on a branch. Huh. Nests are like just a, for breeding, Paula. I didn't know if that. If you've been using them for any other purpose, you shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Huh. It's kind of strict. Yeah. Just. Yeah. I, I, had no, I, I Nest, had no idea. Nesting and like raising young. Uh-huh. You know, they don't want to expend all that energy year round building stuff. Right. When they don't have to. It's right. all about conserving. I, I hear you. So, so empty nest syndrome is kind of a misnomer because humans yeah. stay there. Whereas yeah. birds are like, well, the kids right. are raised. Yeah. I don't need this nest anymore. Done. Yeah. yeah. The empty nest is a dead nest. <laughs> Yeah, I might just head out and sleep on a stick at night. Yeah, you might as well think about it. Well, thank you, Dan Cooper, for giving us a metaphorical bird in the hand. Paula, given what Dan has just edumacated you with, what can you tell our listeners about birds? Daniel Grimsland, can I have a little background music for my, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, my bird lesson? I've likely been communicating with the birds that I whistle to who sit on the phone wires in my backyard. They're probably male birds looking to mate. Talk about out of my wheelhouse. I don't even know how to respond to males in my own species. I wonder if I'm saying the same sort of lame things to male birds as I say to male humans. I really think you're a great guy. I'm just not a sexual type person. I hope it's modified in bird language. I think you're a really great bird. You don't look like you eat four times your weight. I mean, where are you putting it? Oh, on my windshield. That's okay. I still like you. I just, I could talk to you forever. I really could. We have so much in common. We both know 30 or 40 Beatles songs. I'm just not really a sexual person. Maybe it's more than that. Maybe I'm afraid you'll break my heart. And I'm definitely afraid I'll break your wings. Dan Cooper is president of Cooper Ecological Monitoring and associate editor of the journal Western Birds. Dan, thank you so much for joining us here in this program. When we come back, we'll be covering the globe around the world with Paula Poundstone takes us to Moldova and the dysfunctional family in Ken Lezebnik's America continues their trek across our land. That's all coming up right after this. The Cat of the Week is Annabelle from Ouagadougou, Burkina Faso. And we're back. Thank you, Daniel. Paula, we are on comedy podcast charts all over the world. All over the world. All over the world. And we've been kind of uh, collecting data about that. So I think it's time for... 
around the world with Paula Poundstone. Hello. Hola. Bonjour. Shalom. Ciao. Guten Tag. Kabari. Ni hao. Privyet. Yes, it's time to circle the globe with Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone as we fly around the equator searching for hot spots of listeners. Today, let's land in the enchanted land they call Moldova. Now, um, that shouldn't be a surprise to any of our listeners because arguably we talk about Moldova on the show more than we talk about the United States of America. <laughs> It's because we have some fans in Moldova. Yes. Uh, I know we have 12 fans in the United States of America. Right. Uh, I think we're up to 13 in Moldova. Quite a few in, in Moldova. And, and in it's fact, really impressing the people over at Maximum Fun. It is. They, you know, they, they're... They're this close to inviting us to our their annual Maximum Fun con, uh, convention. They, they, yeah, they had a Max Fun Con. We've we've talked about this before, but they did have like a uh, what do you call it retreat kind of camping thing yeah. that they didn't invite us to. Right, but uh, but with with this Moldovan audience, but it's fine with me anyways. I just stayed at home, slept in a sleeping bag, and and peed in there. So that's not oh you know I don't see I, I drank and cried there. See, see so, so we didn't need well, to. We would have been doing there anyway. We didn't need to go to that. Um, but you know. I have some bad news. No. Because we've been pandering to our, our Moldovan base. We've In been fact, we trying even tried to their nurture. traditional dish. Yeah, we did. Mama Liga a couple we've of been, weeks ago. We've been trying to grow our Moldovan base, assuming that when we first do our road shows, that's going to be one of the countries that we go to. Well, maybe not so much. We Why? peaked there at number 14. Yes. And I, yeah, and I'm afraid we're currently down to number 191. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, so, we we ate that shit for you, Moldova, and this is how you repay us. Wow, fourteen to one ninety one. Last That's Mama really, Liga I'm So four or five listeners just just turned us off. I guess we've been pronouncing um, Mama Liga wrong or something. Mama Liga. Uh, so uh, what? Uh, who's our competition? And what shows are they listening to? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, the top five comedy podcasts in Moldova are Razi Kurususi Andre. That's number one. Yeah, yeah, those bastards. Then there's uh, uh, number Razi two. Razi Kurusu, see Andre. Yeah, yeah. We, I, you know, I was. We're so, 140 places behind them. Yeah. Well, I was gonna do that show. Were you? Yeah, yeah. Nobody listens to Paula Razi Kurusu, see Andre. Andre. Uh, yeah. I, I had the idea first. All right. Well, they, 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 they're really succeeding with your idea. Yeah. Number two is Happy Tree Friends. Ah, uh, Happy Tree Friends. I'm Happy not Tree familiar Friends. with that one. It's uh, not Moldovan. No. It's oh, uh, is it an American podcast? It's kind of American-ish. I think there's Canadians. It's like a it's like a filthy cartoon, oh, a very violent okay. cartoon. Uh huh. That we are behind by significantly. Number three is I can't read it to you because I only took one semester of Russian. I, I can no longer uh -huh. read Cyrillic, but it's something like Spentrovia Tapetaira. Oh yes. Yes, I know that one. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. That uh, is, wow. uh, it's a podcast uh, where uh, it's recorded in the troll farm yeah. that um, Vlad oh, so, so. set up. In, in the former Soviet satellite countries. That's exactly right. And okay. so they just go around, they interview the various people that are pretending to be Americans social networking. Wow, it's, it's apparently very popular. Number four is also in Cyrillic. It's Berefnaya Kiopst. Ah. Uh, <laughs> The last word looks like ketchup to me, but uh, yeah. and then number five is the Joe Rogan experience. Oh, for Christ's <laughs> sake! 
<laughs> so the Moldovans have chosen the Joe Rogan experience over the uh, Paula Poundstone Decisively. experience. Decisively. <laughs> like, it's not even close. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like And he that. hasn't had to suck up to Moldova the way that we have. Yeah. Maybe if we just, you know, reject them or are harsh to them, it'll be more attractive to them. Some people like that. Yeah, Moldovans like it when you play hard to get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they ma- it makes them feel closer to you. Yeah, she's it's, such it's a bitch. That's what they say. <laughs> Nobody listens to Paula Pound, bitch. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think well, that could be that. Well, All right. Kiss so. our grits, Moldova. <laughs> <laughs> grits that taste very much like, like Mama Liga. We just we established that. Well, Paula, this segment of our show, as you know, is all about travel and adventure, uh, where we are around the world, and then we've got. Ken Lezebnik's America coming up. Oh, thank goodness. Let me just uh, catch people up on where we are. When we left the family in Lake Placid, relentlessly pursued by the Justice League of costumed characters after Ken ran over Batman on Hollywood Boulevard, um, faithful Batman sidekick Robin had just valet parked the Batmobile outside the same Lake Placid restaurant as Ken's station wagon and sparks were about to fly. I wonder where their road odyssey will take them this week. Well, I'm guessing it could be another incredible coincidence in which they're going to visit a town you're going to be performing in. So where are you going to be? I'm going to be in Los Angeles, September 28th, at the theater at the Ace Hotel. And I'll be in Troy, New York, at the Troy Savings Bank Music Hall on October 4th. Oh, wow. Then I think finally this chain of bizarre coincidences has come to a halt. Because um, this week, I'm told that the family is going to Brownfield, Maine. You're kidding. No, Brownfield, Maine. Why? Brownfield, Maine. I, I'm doing a show there September 6th at the Stone Mountain Arts Center. September 6th at the Stone Mountain Arts Center in Brownfield, Maine, where Ken Lezebnik's America happens to be taking place this week? Exactly. Wow, unbelievable. This is so freakish. Just when I thought synchronicity was dead. It seems like we're saying, let's start the road trip we call... <laughs> Ken Lezebnik's America. <laughs> Timmy says I have cooties. You haven't bathed in four days. Cooties grow in those circumstances. I don't have cooties. You're the cootie. Oh, look. There's a cootie in your hair. Cootie, 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 Stop cootie, Stop it, cootie, you two. Cootie, cootie, cootie. Stop it. Your father is dealing with a life-threatening situation here. Robin has ordered his takeout food and is now vowing to bring the mighty arm of the Justice League of costumed characters down on this vomit-spattered American family on the run. Thanks for the exposition, Mom. I was just feeling a little loquacious. I'm feeling a little sick myself. I was so hungry I picked up a Butterfinger bar from under the seat and ate it. Oh, no. Not a new and improved Butterfinger. Oh. Without the precious TBHQ preservative, that new Butterfinger goes through you like shit through a goose. Mommy, Daddy, Timmy's gonna blow. Ah. Hold on, Timmy. Your dad's negotiating with Robin. Robin, let's be honest here. Unlike other superheroes, you have no special powers. I have keen detective skills and intelligence. They call me the Boy Wonder. They called Harold Stassen the Boy Wonder, too. That's a low blow linking me to a perennially unsuccessful presidential candidate who was a Republican. Ah, this is going to be a bad one. Daddy, look out! Robin, I'm going to step away right now. Ah! Oh, my God! Your son is vomiting on my mask. Quick, everybody run to the car. Hold on, I'm still vomiting. (laughs) Jesus, this is worse than Clayface. We valet parked the car. They have our keys. I'm grabbing the keys off the rack. Run. One more thing, one more thing. (laughs) Lizette Nick, you'll pay for this. My Robin suit, ruined. 
Everybody in! Nellie's still outside! No, don't leave me! Gun it, Dad! Timmy, we're not leaving your sister! Oh, okay, we made it! You were gonna leave me! No, we'd never leave you, Nellie! They didn't even notice you were missing. The engine was running. Timmy says you would have left me! Did not! Did too! Kids, kids, Janice! Look, the point is we use the skills God gave us. Our intelligence, our resiliency... Timmy's digestive problems? Whatever. We escaped. We're on the road again. This time, I know where we're going. Brownfield, Maine. A delightful village in western Maine that's home to folk singer Carol Noonan. Brownfield, Maine. Also home to the Stone Mountain Arts Center that Carol Noonan started. I heard that radio ad, too. You only want to go to Brownfield, Maine, because Paula Poundstone is performing at the Stone Mountain Arts Center on September 6th. Okay, okay, so have an agenda. We can finally enjoy the comedy stylings of one of America's preeminent comedians. Paula Poundstone. September 6th. Stone Mountain Arts Center. Are you done? Brownfield, Maine. Don't we finally deserve a treat? Look at us. Exhausted, our clothes matted with vomitus, our hair unwashed. Wouldn't the stop in Brownfield, Maine to take in one of America's comedy masters be a welcome break? Well... Where's Spot? Oh, for fuck's sake. We can't leave Spot behind. That fucking dog. He's gonna be the death of us all. So, do we go on to a richly deserved vacation? or return to search for a stupid dog. Well, I haven't weighed in because I'm still recovering from a very serious digestive ailment in case no one noticed. But I say drive on. No! Oh, Jesus, what are we gonna do now? Tune in next week as an ordinary American family decides whether or not to abandon their beloved dog. The story continues next week on Ken Lezebnik's America, brought to you by TBHQ Preservative, the bonding agent that secures any food to a child's stomach. TBHQ, the name to trust in quality chemical preservatives. On this day in unremarkable history, Wilbur Wright said to his brother Orville, my left shoe is completely full of sand. I hate that. You wept as we crafted the tragic tale of Jar Jar, a Star Wars story. Dude, like, he forgives Darth Vader. (laughs) Lisa still love you, Annie. (laughs) You gasped out loud at the shocking twists of Face Off 2, Faces Wild. He takes his kid's face. What? (laughs) We're writing an entire screenplay week by week on Story Bricks Season 2, Heaven Heist. Hey folks, Freddie Wong here with some exciting news about Story Break, the writer's room podcast where three Hollywood professionals have one hour to spin cinematic gold. We're shaking up our format by turning Heaven Heist, one of our favorite ideas we've ever come up with on the show, into a full screenplay. Heaven Heist is an action comedy about a crew of misfit gangsters robbing the celestial bank of heaven. Think of Coco meets Point Break. Join us as we write this crazy movie scene by scene and get an inside look at the screenwriting process on our podcast Story Break every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Hi there, I'm Winston Knoll, and I play a bunch of characters on Mission to Zix, an improvised science fiction podcast. And this is our incredible sound designer, Shane. Hello. Shane makes it possible for me to fill our galaxy with ridiculous characters. Such as the Grand Coulomb of the planet Flair. And the sentient starship, the Desil Marsh, man. And Beano. Beano love character actors with versatility. Infinity for J. Rock. 
giant loan shark. And of course, AJ2A84, the defective clone trooper. Someone say clone? Who you calling well, a clone? I'm sure, technically, we're all clones. Hey, shut up with that clone. No, no, shut up. There are five other cast members, too, but I sort of feel like I'm the alpha. Okay, that's fine. The season finale of Mission to Zix is coming up next week, so this is the perfect time to dive in and catch up with our intrepid crew as they explore the Zix Quadrant. Give Mission to Zix a listen on Maximum Fun. Welcome back, all you nobodies. Paula. Uh, as though I don't know the answer to this question. Do you, by chance, have uh, any message this week for the fans listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone? You know, I do, Adam. Wow. Nobody's come up to me all the time and tell me how our podcast has improved their lives. I don't have to tell you. I'm sure you've had the same deeply gratifying experience. Oh, many a time. What our listeners don't I think understand, though, is that in order to keep making the show, we have to continue to grow our listenership. Simple podcast economics. The best way to do that is through word of mouth. The problem is many of our listeners don't know how to share with their friends and loved ones that they are nobody listens to Paula Poundstone listeners. You know what? That sloth. Yeah. I. Why does it disturb you? It barely well, moves. OK, I just got Brian Cranston just left. Yeah. <laughs> And I just, you know, Ant Anthony, fan. thank you for bringing the sloth, but I don't understand why we couldn't have moved it off the chair. You know, some people for Brian love Cranston. sloths. A lot of people love sloths. I remember we had Dax Shepard and his, um, what's his wife's name? Kristen Bell on uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I happened to be on that episode. And she went into detail about how deeply she loves sloths to the point where for her big birthday party a couple of years ago, Dax had a sloth surprise her by putting it on her bed. And she cried when she saw the sloth. Apparently, Brian Cranston is not that person. Yeah. Uh, if he were here, I would tell him that I would put a sloth on his bed and wait for him to cry. Uh, yeah, no. Or he he just, could, he, could he left. That was our chance to ask Brian Cranston for uh, uh, auditioning advice. And uh, it's, it's gone. It walked right, it walked right out the door. Back. All right. Fucking sloth. Uh, anyways. Yeah, many well, that, of was our, a, that was a welcome detour from what I know is coming. Many of our listeners don't know how to share with their friends and loved ones that they are nobody listens to Paula Poundstone listeners. I don't think that's true. It is. I just and, taped a Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me in Chicago uh, like last week. And, you know, there's that big autographing line at the end. And, and nowadays people come up to me and tell me how much they enjoy the podcast. That's nice Not to hear. once has a listener come to me and said, you know what? I just don't know how to tell my friends about it. You know, Adam... It can be an awkward subject to broach. Apparently and not with the people so who So I have written okay. some simple, simple, simple dialogue, dialogue to help. Try this. Okay. Listener's friend. Well, that is fucking amazing. You have skywritten the entire Mueller report. I didn't even know you were a pilot. Listener. Yeah, I am. I got my license recently. Listener's friend. I mean, Jesus, look at that. There it is. Right up over that fallow soybean field. To organize these rallies, the Internet Research Agency, that's the Russian group, posed as a U.S. grassroots entities and persons and made contact with Trump supporters and Trump campaign officials in the United States. Listener, I've got to work on my R's. <laughs> Listener's friend, what are you talking about? It's fantastic. WikiLeaks began releasing Podesta's stolen emails on October 7th, 2016. This is someone reading skywriting. Less than one hour after a U.S. 
media outlet released video considered damaging to candidate Trump. That was the pussy-grabbing tape, right? Right. This makes the Mueller testimony seem stiff and confusing. I am blown away. Really? Listener, I'm a little worried the letters over the freeway are going to blow away. Listener's friend, are you kidding me? Surrender Dorothy wasn't as clear and crisp as this. Trump also denied having any business or connections to Russia. skywriting here. Yeah, even though... As late as June 2016, the Trump organization had been pursuing a licensing deal for a skyscraper to be built in Russia called Trump Tower Moscow. That's in the factual results of the obstruction investigation section. It couldn't be clearer. Most Americans and some members of Congress this is still didn't a dialogue. even yeah didn't even read the Mueller report, and you skywrote the entire thing. How did you acquire all these skills? God damn it, listener. Well, I've never known how to tell you this, but I listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the funny and educational podcast. Listener's friend, and she taught skywriting on a podcast? Listener, no. But there's lots of good information on the show and so much laughter. It just gives me a feeling of possibility and drive. Listener's friend, wow, I'm going to listen too. Do you see how that would work? I see... That you she got, sky wrote. Yeah, the I whole, know. No, I, I the get whole the whole Mueller report. I, I get the premise. I, and I yeah. see how this could be good for you. Yeah. In that you got to sort of go on a little diatribe there and read your favorite sections of the Mueller report out loud in the guise of a simple sample dialogue for our listeners. Those were my favorite sections, Adam. But, Those but, were but, the sections that I could see over the fire. Where does this dialogue soybean? take place, Paula Poundstone? Outside. On the ground. Looking up. So you're saying this person sky wrote the entire Mueller report. Yeah, and then she Crystal landed cleared, the then plane. Then landed the plane, then went to meet her friend, and it was still there in the air. The entire Mueller report. This podcast is really helpful to a lot of people. It's helpful to you. It's helpful to you. You're getting to, to, to recite the Mueller report. But... But don't for a minute fool yourself that this is going to increase our listeners. In fact, Moldovans couldn't care less about the Mueller report. Yeah, but that's so one. So we've alienated them further because we just spent one, 15 fucking minutes reading <laughs> sections of the Mueller report in a purported skywriting dialogue. Adam, every listener counts. That's what you don't understand. Not it's, the it's, ones who don't <laughs> exist. <laughs> No, this this, this is a very much a, a real, this is Plausible. almost a yeah. reenactment oh, of Jesus something Christ. that's already happened. Well, I did like hearing those sections out loud. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, very powerful. Very especially powerful. when you see them over a freeway Which or a fallow soybean field. Happen. Yeah. All right, nobody's. Remember, our email address again is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yes, you can. That's our show. Thanks again to this week's sponsor, Dashlane. Remember, go to www.dashlane.com slash Paula for your free 30-day trial. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber, produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Daniel Grimsland. Thank you so much, Daniel. And thanks again to our guest, Dan Cooper. This week's security muscle was provided by Ben the Boy Wonder Lezebnik. Transcription services for the show are provided by TranscribeMe. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone. I don't know where they got that. When placing your order at TranscribeMe.com. That's our show for tonight. 
Get that fucking sloth out of that chair. Won't somebody please listen to me? Skyriding. Skyriding the Mueller Report. There she is. Volumes 1 and 2. And all the footnotes. In the sky. As late as June 16th. Still involved in negotiations with Russia for the Trump Tower, Moscow. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. 